Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, guys? It's your boy, Anthony, alongside the best Big 3 account in the universe, Big 3 News, a.k.a. Will, back with another edition of The Fourth Man. Will, how's everything going? How are the holidays? Are you excited about 2020 coming to a close here? Holiday was great. Uh, My Christmas was great. You know, much different Christmas than normal, but I was very happy, very fortunate, very blessed. I was still able to see everybody and everyone has their health and their happiness. Um, as far as 2020, you know, I'll tell you what, it's been a crazy year for a lot of people. So I, in a tragic year for many, so I certainly won't diminish it. Um, you know, I, I try to be careful when I sort of relate life events to years, because I think, you know, there's no difference really between December 31st and January 1st. It's really just a time that we assign it. Um, but you know, the good news, I guess you can say, is that one difference might be that on January 1st, we can say, all right, there's going to be big three games this year. Very true. Very is, true. That's... You know, for, for, for 2020, it's been the year without the big three. And it's been, you know, it's been tough for us, obviously. It's been tough for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And at the bottom of the list, it's been tough for us <laughs> because we've been in off-season mode. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited and I hope that we get some sort of announcement, some sort of update sooner rather than later so then we can just start, get the ball rolling from there. Yeah, I 100% agree. We did not get our Christmas wish of Big 3 mm-hmm. news from the co-founder Jeff Kwanowitz, but nonetheless, maybe he's just looking to etch that news into the 2021 year. That being said, we do have a little bit of news to update you guys on just with some players or coaches or even prospects around the league. But before we get like house cleaning, some house cleaning. Exactly. So before we get into all that, as always, if you want to find the show on social media, it's at fourth man pod at big three news. And my personal is at a underscore Siggy. If you want to watch the show instead of listen, if you're more of a visual entertain entertained person, Go with that. Entertained. Visually entertained. If you're more visually entertained, you can check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash fourth man pod and watch the show. Subscribe, leave feedback if you don't mind while you're there. And for those of you tuning in on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel for the first time or you're a repeat offender, we appreciate you guys as always. Man, that did not come what off. A, what a term. To, what a term. supposed to be a compliment, but that did not come oh off. Oh, my gosh. Complimentary. If I apologize. <laughs> if you've listened to the show prior to this one, thank you guys for tuning back into the show. Okay. Let's start with big news from Three's Company's coach, Michael Cooper, who was nominated to the Naismith Hall of Fame, a guy who – has won at the NBA level, the G League level. That's the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. The Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, to reiterate and clarify. (laughs) He has won at the NBA level, the G League level, the WNBA level, and has had some big success. 
on the big three. Initial thoughts on this, Will? You, I feel like you got I something that you're ready to explode on. Perplexed about how this man hasn't been in the Hall of Fame <laughs> 20 years ago. Friar. <laughs> I mean, my God. I mean, you know, and I jokingly said the Basketball Hall of Fame, but I'm going to say that is sort of important because unlike the NFL, unlike the MLB, it's just the Basketball Hall of Fame. Right, so right. Lisa so Leslie and her accomplishments or... in the WNBA are being recognized by the same institution as, um, you know, Jay Wright for his, I don't know if Jay Wright's a whole affair, but Jay Wright for his, you know, wins in Villanova. Right. Right. So it's all going to the same place. So the reason why I point that out is because Michael Cooper is the only man in basketball history to have a ring in the NBA, the WNBA and the G League. And he was 50 points away from having a ring in the big three as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at him as a player. He was part of the Showtime Lakers, which, from a historical standpoint, is basically the franchise that, or the dynasty, I should say, that like accelerated the growth of the league. Um, the reason why we have so many Lakers fans today and such a strong tradition of basketball in Los Angeles is because of those teams. He was on those teams, and he wasn't just riding the pine the entire time. Right. He was their defensive stud. He was guarding the best player every night. One mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. He was defensive first team a ton of times. So, you know, we've sort of seen guys like I know Kareem said something the other day, and I don't know if Magic said something. I think Rick Barry said something as well of just how deserving who Cooper is. And to be honest, he should have been done a long time ago. But Mm -hmm. I'm just happy that Michael Cooper is alive and healthy and he'll be able to accept his nomination and be there. And, you know, I'm glad it was done now. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you – kind of highlighted some of his accolades from a player standpoint. This is a guy who has done it also as a coach. So like you said, right. long time coming for somebody who has accomplished so much at so many different levels and as so many different positions. Um, it's really amazing to see that now he, he's just not been nominated. It's, it's crazy to think that he hasn't, he wasn't in this thing already, but congrats to Michael Cooper, well-deserved. And I think, you know, as three's company, Returns, I think that, you know, as long as he returns as coach, that's someone that we maybe want to kind of subplot throughout the season. You know, can he win at the big three level as two? That could be very interesting. Uh, Other bit of news here, this is more in relation to leagues and and maybe some competition going on here, Will, as the G League, or I should say the NBA, expands rosters to allow more veterans in the league. Each team will receive an NBA vet selection or roster spot for free agents with five plus years experience. Explain this one to me a little bit more, Will, because I'm a little confused on it still with, is this an implementation to the G League or the NBA? Regardless, I think there's some, there's some competition that's a brewing here with the, the big three in the league. So here's how I, because I was confused too when I read this, and I think mm-hmm. I may have confused things even more reported on it because I think I just reported on what I thought it was where I actually maybe I might have to clarify some things. So basically what is happening is there really is going to be like a pseudo G league season this year. Right. I think out there of were reports the, that they were trying to get in the bubble. When right. So I believe the, started in the G league teams are going back to Orlando, the bubble. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do what the NBA did. And I believe that there's only 18 teams. I believe out of the, I don't know how many G League teams are, but I saw that 11 aren't going. 
So there are 11 NBA teams with G League affiliates that aren't having a G League team this season. 18, including the, um, what is it, Inspire? Is that the name of the team with all the kids? Uh, is that the high school team, Spire, with the one Ignite that Lamella played for? No. Oh, okay. That's what I'm thinking of. But what's the name of the G League team with like Jalen Green and all them? Oh. Ignite? Keep, expi- keep explaining. I can find that for you. Yeah, but so basically, so they're going to be going to the bubble and they're going to be competing in the bubble for roster purposes to expand the G League rosters while they're in the bubble. They've created sort of the G League's version of a two-way player, only it's like not a two-way. And the only reason why I say it's a two-way is because it's a two-way, like an addition onto the normal NBA roster, right? Um, which is normally you, but for this, the G League, it's an additional roster specifically for veterans. So to qualify for this additional roster spot, the player has to have five years or more experience in the league. And to be honest with you, Anthony, I think this is a direct result of the big three and TBT. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think number one, I think number one, they're trying to make, they're trying to uh, draw viewership to it. Right. In a, in a year where they've in a season where they've lost so much revenue, you know, Adam Silver is talking about making expansion teams, which I think the league is sort is overdue for expansion teams. Uh, you know, just a way of making money. They're, they're going to want to get some names in the G League. So maybe people tune in, maybe people, you know, I don't know how they're going to do it. Maybe you have to like pay for like a season pass or whatever. Maybe, you know, I don't know, but, but they're trying to get more eyes on this product. I think guys like Joe Johnson, guys like Xavier Silas, guys like Frank Nitty, who played in the big three. And then more recently, you know, you got to give them the shout out, played for overseas elite in the TBT, show that, hey, these guys clearly still got it. Yeah. So, you know, we were hoping that, you know, they would sign to an NBA team. We think a lot of people um, who are in the big three or maybe who are in the TBT are deserved of an NBA spot. But unfortunately, it hasn't happened yet. Um COVID and everything might have screwed it up, but it hasn't happened yet. So I think this is sort of the NBA's way of, you know, maybe pushing the envelope a little bit. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So first off, it was NBA G League Ignite. You were right on that part. And here, really my thoughts on this are, you know, we've talked for so long about how the big three has become this outlet for players to kind of take that Joe Johnson route and get back into the NBA like Joe Johnson did. We talked about how the TBT is also – kind of trying to form a similar option. They've been kind of the biggest competitor because they play in the summer, um, both niche complementary leagues. My thought process is that the NBA is, is like, well, instead of, you know, letting these leagues kind of coexist or, or be complementary leagues, we can do all those things or provide all those things um, and maybe put even a bigger spotlight on it. So why don't we go ahead and, and allow some of these NBA vets, Joe Johnson's, Amari Stoudemire's, whoever, who are maybe just playing in the league for fun or because they enjoy basketball. But let's give them an opportunity that if if they're doing well in this G League, if they're they're playing well, NBA teams can view them and and potentially call them up, and we'll form like kind of our own path so that we do get more eyes on a product that's ours. Like at the end of the day, like the big three and TBT are just complementary leagues, but that is competition. Uh, Any way you want to put it. And in a season where the big three goes down, the TBT has to, you know, kind of do things a little bit differently. 
they're they're looking for a way to capitalize sooner rather than later. They don't know if the big three is going to return or they don't know the big three schedule necessarily. And the TBT, I don't know if they're necessarily doing the bubble style again or how they're proceeding. So they're saying, while there's things in flux, let's proceed with our own plan. Let's try to capitalize on the current situation and let's try to make up for the loss, like you said, of revenue from the G League. Um, well, here's so- the thing. I think, um, I don't want to cut you off, but I think the advantage that the Big Three and the TBT still has over the G League is that it's a league of their peers. Mm-hmm. right so it's just one bet per team and you're going to be in a bubble with all these young guys and all these developmental pieces playing other young guys developmental pieces so if you're interested if, if your legitimate goal is i'm trying to make it back to the nba uh you know for what and i say make it back to the nba because you need at least five years of experience so i'm assuming i don't know if five years of league experience qualifies for that mm-hmm. but you know be that as it may, these aren't guys who are like, oh, I'm out of college. I'm just looking for another spot. You know, that I still think there's a whole draft pool of guys who maybe went undrafted or decided to go overseas or who even are coming from overseas in different backgrounds where the TBT and the big three is still a better route. But, you know, honestly, I, you know, I agree with you. You know, at the end of the day, it is, it is competition. I think the NBA absolutely response we've seen it right we've, we've seen the nba do things where we're like that's just that's a direct response yeah there's stuff in the all-star game the four-point circle that they had yeah. in the three-point we're like that's that's a direct that's something that someone uh, was watching the big three yeah. game and they said oh that's a good idea exactly the free throws things like that so you know i think it's an experimentation because if anything it's a compliment because it means the big three is working it means it's good ideas but you know honestly I'm interested to see who exactly fills out these roles. Yeah. Is it going to be G League vets that we've never heard of? Is it going to be guys like, you know, that we're familiar with from the big three who are looking to get back to the NBA? I'm not too sure. It'll be well, here's interesting the thing. to see how so they So this do. is actually, it's actually interesting we're talking about this because had on Jermaine Taylor very early on when, when the show first started. He was the second big three guest. And he talked a lot about politics. I mean, we all know politics play some sort of role within professional sports. Sure. That's obvious. But I don't think we realize just said recently that he was thinking of retiring because of politics. Yeah. yeah. And, and we'll and we'll definitely talk about that too. But I, I think that's a great point because I think a lot of us we magnify, you know, the big leagues because they're on the spotlight so much. You know, they're the ones that draw the most interest. But I think we if, if we take it back a step not a, a step back for a second. I don't think we always realize that even in the smaller leagues, these politics are, are going on. And, and Jermaine talked about oh, that. Absolutely. Sometimes even more so. Yeah. I was going to say, he talked there's about no, that. like, yeah, there's no like fan backlash or like, mm-hmm. there's no like, you know, like for instance, right. And I don't want to cut you off, but just to interject, because I agree with that so yeah. much. Um, you know, last night watching the Nets, uh, Steve Nash played uh, DeAndre Jordan down the stretch instead of Jared Allen. And, you know, Jared, DeAndre Jordan is starting over Jared Allen and people rage about it and enthralled and people are still talking about it. Um, but you might not get that in the G League or overseas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing. Like that would be the flip flop in the G League, right? You The G League yeah. is all about developing. So why would we want to see an older guy to play? That's the thing. I think that while the mm. NBA has kind of formed their own path, I don't necessarily think that the pros outweigh the cons for some of these guys, especially someone mm. like Joe Johnson, because first off, okay, 
are they gonna are they gonna play a lot? Like, are these teams trying to win? Or are they at the end of the day just developing players for their NBA affiliates? You know, right. um, there, I mean, there's so much I think that can factor into it that I don't know if it's necessarily the best idea. It might be a better option for, like you said, G League experienced guys who might need extra time to to develop their own path. We've seen Christian Wood how he's he's gone to a bunch of different teams okay. and took some time yeah. to really earn the spot. Like Siakam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but just here's my question though, right? So let's say I'm, you know, a, a big three guy, right? And I get signed on the G League roster. I go to the bubble and I'm dropping, you know, twenty a night. I'm doing great. How easy is it for me now to be signed by an NBA team? Because it's not a two way where they can just call up. I have yep. to. I and then clear waivers. I, I don't know how that works. Yeah, there aren't too many guys to my knowledge, that aren't two ways that make it to the NBA in a G League season. We've seen guys play in the G League for a full season, and then the next year they're up in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen like a guy like mid-season. So unless you're in this for the long haul, unless you're like, I'm going to play a full G League season in the hopes that it's just more tape, and the next year I'm in the NBA, I, yeah. I think we're talking ourselves out of this. I think we're realizing that this idea really isn't as good as we thought it was. Like, I, oh, I think I, I'm not going to go as far as say it's a bad idea. I just think it affects us a lot less than we thought, or it affects the big oh. three of the TBT is a lot less than what we maybe originally thought. Yeah. I, and I resonate with that too, but I, I'm starting to think about it is, is, is this idea really that like, I guess I need to see it in, in every mm-hmm. idea sounds good on paper, but I got to see the practice actually put it into action. Yeah. Like, yeah. is this going to be good? So I guess we'll continue to monitor that, you know, like, like we said, it doesn't really seem like it affects the big three as much as we thought we did, you know, when we break it down, but we'll see, you know, there could be guys who maybe decide that's the better route for them and it does work in their favor. It doesn't play out like they hope. So something to continue to monitor. Certainly. We're definitely the only podcast that's going that (laughs) deep into this. Definitely. Because we have the time to, but another, another twist that, the NBA tries to bring in. And I think that is a, a lot to do with the correlation of other leagues, like we said. hundred and ten percent. Let's talk about Deion Waiters real quick because we talked about he's contemplating retirement. Politics play a big part in that. He obviously won a championship, but didn't really play inside the bubble after signing with the Lakers. He's looking more and more he's a guy we speculated on for a while. Let's put that out there. But we he's did. looking but more and more said like he was so young. Yeah. But he, now <laughs> it has not gone well for Deion Waiter since the plane ride. Right. The, the right. aftermath the and everything. I, I hate to say it, that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. But the more and more we look into this, him contemplating retirement, I mean, does this seem like a guy who's a prime candidate to maybe play in the big three and be like, be like one of some of the other big three guys who are like, screw the NBA? We're going to play for a different league professionally and we're going to make this the, the next biggest topic. Yeah. I mean, listen, you usually saw a shout out uh, our guy, Mikey Domagala and NBA buzz. He was the one that originally posted it. But when I saw that quote and then when I saw that clip from Instagram live, I was like, Oh my God, he might as well just be like, I'm trying to play in the big three. I mean, he <laughs> was like, I'm 29 years old. I think he said something effect. Like I still got gas in the tank. Like I still got years left. Um, he's like, I'm thinking because of politics uh and i I'm, i don't want to i don't want to go overseas he's in that effect so all right well if you're the big three you check all those boxes immediately mm-hmm. i mean 
you know, 29. Okay, you got gas in the tank. All right, so you're still looking to play. You don't want to go overseas. All right, we can stay home. You know, and then as far as the politics stuff, listen, there are probably, there are probably politics in the NBA. Excuse me, in the big three. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've seen it. There's going to be politics in every setting where people are in charge of other people, building teams, you know, but I would assume that it's probably far less. And yeah, yeah, definitely. It's more like the politics are more like, oh, I've known this guy longer than you, or I played with right. this guy for more years, right. you know. It's a player-empowered politic move. Yeah, but also, too, though, you know, you look at a team like Bivouac, you know, was picking up C.J. Leslie a politic move, or was that a move where they were like, this is a young guy, we're going to bring him in and see what he does? You know, Dion yeah. Waiters, I feel like, you know, maybe in the past we would say we would be looking at like, all right, well, who in the big three has played with Dion Waiters, right? Where are the OKC mm-hmm. guys? Where are the Heat guys? Um, Cleveland but guys. But now yeah. I Cleveland guys, right? But now I say, you know, if Dion Waiters is in the draft, I mean, my God, is somebody not going to pick up Dion Waiters? <laughs> they absolutely will. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, he was a legitimate. I. I guess he was a starter for Miami before everything happened, but you know, sort of like a sixth man, definitely like sixth, seventh man. So no, he would he would do incredible in the big three, and he would, you know, if he had a platform to continue playing basketball, and he wants to check off all of those boxes. I I think the big three makes the most sense. Yeah, and I think it suits his standards, like you said, checks all the boxes. So. Hopefully, those two and two can come together. I don't know if there's any other guys. Maybe he's connected with from the big three maybe some guys will break it up as the season gets closer who knows maybe ice keeps all hey, that man. yeah i mean if you're a captain you know and you know this guy i might you know shoot that dm yeah make him a co-cap like if he gets in the draft whoever gets the first pick it's it's probably top three he's probably going oh so. probably yeah i have to imagine you're I mean, definitely I looking to make him a co-captain be, yeah i mean that's true right like that's I'd how you snag your guy co-captain. yeah yeah you make him a co-captain yeah no that's what you do that's what Killer Threes did for Frank Nitty, right? Mm-hmm. Look how that worked out. They're I like, could definitely we want see him. something similar. What'd you say? They're like, we want him, so let's just make him a co-captain. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've seen that before. And, you know, so I, absolutely. So Deion Waiter doesn't want to play overseas, but Nick Young does want to play overseas. In fact, mm-hmm. he is going to play overseas. So pretty crazy because it wasn't – I mean, it wasn't more than a year ago today. We thought we'd be seeing Nick Young – playing with Gilbert Arenas on enemies. I mean, that was, that was a almost lot. confirms that we were right. Right. This confirms that we were correct. Yeah. I mean, it has to, right? It has Cause, to. Because he's still playing. He's still, he still is clearly still seeking a profession to continue his professional career. Yeah. And, you know, him and Gil have a good relationship. It only made sense. It all, it, I think the time was coming. It was but, coming. It was absolutely coming. But COVID kind of shut it down. Nonetheless, Nick, Nick Young is playing overseas. So he's getting getting back into – I mean, he's probably in basketball shape, but he's kind of getting back into the routine of playing all the time. That's true. What do we make of him playing in overseas? Like, is this a preparation of the big three when, in, when it returns? I mean, it might serve that. You know, I don't know if that's his intentions, but it may end up serving sure. as that. My only issue is I don't want to lock anything in because we don't know what the big three schedule is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And off the top of my head, I don't know what the CBA schedule looks like. So the big three schedule might start, you know, and completely overlap with the CBA. And Nick Young is like, all right, well, I'm already in the CBA, so I'm not coming. Or it could finish up and, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think with the CBA, I've, I've 
I feel like there's a lot of outs in the contract. That's what I feel like I've seen. But that's usually for NBA opportunities. So you're right. I don't know. Nonetheless, it's good to see oh, Nick Young yeah, yeah. playing again. You know who else is playing? Um, that's been kind of a prospect or we've kept an eye on from the big three that's going to be in the NBA Who's is, that? is Jeremy Lin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Lin is – I think he is going to be like that veteran for Santa Cruz Warriors. Yeah, so he joined the Warriors. I, I guess he hasn't joined them – yet but he's agreed to join them but he's got some, something like that some issues to work i think he has CBA. to right he has to work out some like contractual issues but that's interesting right so if lynn is their vet then that to me means like we're gonna see guys like isaiah thomas you know that's interesting know, people like that you know i don't know now i'm thinking does this be... does this correlate with the uh the big three well, what? I mean, how realistic were Isaiah Thomas and Jeremy, Jeremy Lin in the big three? I mean, those would have been huge splashes. But, you know, how I don't realistic know. I, was that really? Or maybe, you it's know, true. they're just It's like, true. You can say that. But, like, go on. Okay. Try to put yourself back in the time frame after season two concludes. Like, are you yeah. expecting Joe Johnson to come in? Honestly. Probably not. No, probably you're not. probably not. So, at this point, I don't want to – there are guys – I feel like you can rule out, but I'm not ruling out too many. Like I'm not crossing too many people off my list because at this point I don't know. Like Zebo, we really wanted well, to, really wanted yeah. Zebo to happen, and it did seem realistic. But you willed that into existence. Let's be real. <laughs> okay. You manifested that. You willed that into existence. I am will. Yeah. <laughs> you want. But I mean, no. But I mean, let, let's 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 cross out the guys right who are probably not joining the big three this summer. You know, off the top of my head, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. <laughs> wow. All right. So we're just going down Davis, the NBA best players. Gotcha. Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> so guys like that. But no, I agree with you. There aren't too many guys that rule out. And maybe Jeremy Lynn, Isaiah. <laughs> Remember when Josh Childress, by the Remember when Josh Childress got mad at me because when everyone was doing like the lunchroom meme? Um, and and I was just made. I literally I made like twenty tables of like everyone from the big three, and I put Josh Childress at like the same table as like the ghost of Wilkes Chamberlain. Yeah. Josh Childress was like, like, what the hell is that? Like, like what, what is what that supposed to mean? You? Yeah. Like, that's kind of a compliment. You get to play with that's what, that's what one I of the like. best basketball players ever. It's just his ghost. Could work in your ghost, favor, you know. Um. No, but. It, Honestly, back to what we were saying, you know, maybe this is like the the step before the big three. So guys like Jeremy Lin, guys like Isaiah Thomas playing the G League, and they're like, okay, it's either happening or it's not. Okay, it's not happening, so I'm just going to play in the big three. You Could know, because this okay. is like clearly like you were on a G League team, you were in a NBA system, you were on a roster. You want to make it back to the NBA. Mm-hmm. You played in the G League. Are you making it back or not? There's no more of this, like, I just need a shot. I just need a shot. Give me a shot. Give me a shot. Give me a chance. Okay, yeah. here's your chance. Let, let, Still didn't make it, which I don't think, unless they go out there and they go crazy, but I agree with you. I think a lot of it's going to be developing the young guys. I don't know what their roles are going to look like. So let's go out there and just completely dominate. Yeah. I don't know how many of these vets are going to make it back through this pathway. And I think with the big three, I think it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off you because 
See, I don't know right. if necessarily people come in and are thinking like, oh, MBA opportunities, what I'm seeking. So let me make sure I'm doing all I can to get that. You know, I think people are kind for of- For what? For the big three or for the G League? For the big three. You know, with oh, the G yeah. League, I feel like the pressure's on because that's exactly what your attention's for. And not saying that pressure isn't good, but maybe there's some guys that come in and are like, man, I'm just looking to play. I'm looking to continue to to craft my skills into this this new way for maybe some of the older guys. Or maybe I'm just looking to play and establish myself in this league. And the opportunity comes on. That might be. Oh, well, I mean, there are a camp of players, you know, Nate Robinson, Evans, that we saw that that would probably be pissed at us that we were bringing up the NBA this much. Oh, I know. You know I mean, they, Nate, they, they Reggie said, Evans. We are, we are big three players. We are no longer NBA players. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, Reggie Evans to that, said that specifically. To that, I would say the big three hasn't happened in two years. So this is what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about everything um but i also agree with them to a certain standpoint um but it's just it's just a very intriguing thing yeah and i think at the end of the day at the end of the day i think this will have an effect on the players that we see you know become eligible for the big three or maybe look to join the big three but i don't know if there's going to be too much of a competition for those same players mm-hmm. well Let's just continue to monitor it. You know, we we still don't know what the young the young wave is going to look like with the the rules being lowered, and we don't even really know sure. how the how the new rules are going to play out. That's something that we were asking players early on, and you know, everybody gave us the same three, response. Yeah. We don't we don't really know what to expect because we haven't seen it yet. So, right, like and this, all these open tryouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there could be. It could be just an influx of, of guys out of left field. We we just don't know. So hopefully that answer will come in the year of 2021. Last thing we want to touch on, because I, you know, I think the two of us both think this is pretty dope. Xavier Silas. Oh, yeah. Has, it's been reported that he wants to be a head coach in the NCAA, I, I think specifically, but he wants to be a head coach. Um, has coaching experience in the NCAA, has coaching experience in the G League, has played in the NBA, played in the Big Three. Uh, my house high school coaching. Yeah, Big Three champion. Yeah, so high school coaching, it's funny. This is the thing I want to highlight. So he basically, I don't know the history of this program, but he basically has been in charge of uh, Colorado Prep, I believe the name of the school mm-hmm. is, in Colorado. And I believe that under his advisement or under his coaching, you know, they're like a top high school program in either the nation or maybe just Colorado or like in their region. I think this has really been the springboard for wow. him being like, all right, now it's time for me to coach college, you know, Colorado prep. I think I'm, I know he's been doing that for the last few years. And I was mm-hmm. just reading an article where they said that really under him, this thing has just like taken to the next level. And like all the top Colorado prospects are like coming to him. Like it's basically becoming like, like, okay. Like the, <laughs> Exactly. I was about to say, it's basically becoming like how Oak Hills, Jersey, like Northeast, it's for the Colorado prospects. They're all coming to play for Silas and Colorado prep. So it would be really cool to see him do it. And I hope that he gets it. You know, I know uh, Xavier reached out to us and he asked for a shout out. So, you know, absolutely, you know, we'll, we'll do whatever we can to help, you know? Yeah. I and, I, he... and I need a college team to root for. So wherever <laughs> he goes. Exactly. Well, I think he's a guy that, has blazed a lot of trails. He's been the first to do a couple different things. 
um, you know, even specifically here in the big three and to hear that he's doing so well from a high school level that he's ready to take that, that next leap is awesome. So wish him the best. Hopefully the team gives him some kind of opportunity, whether it's a, a prominent one or put him in a position to grow. It's going to, it's going to be dope to see big three representation, you know, more and more. I think we, and also too, absolutely a hundred ten percent. And also too, before I forget, um, on piggybacking on Xavier Silas, James White also wanted me, also wanted to know that he's also trying to coach in college. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting because yeah. So everyone's so you know we're in the comments there. Ton of college is from the big three, which is awesome. I think people are seeing. Oh my god, we're gonna go down another rabbit hole. But I think people are seeing Stat and Chauncey Billups in the NBA. You know, and like, yeah. Okay, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not joining an NBA coaching staff, but I'll absolutely go do college. <laughs> absolutely go do a mid-major somewhere you know, you know how many colleges there are bro so many i mean if you're you me if you go if in to put in your white, education there's so many different that's options. what i mean you're telling me if james didn't go to or xavier silas didn't go to you know some mid-major somewhere and was like listen i play in the nba these are my credentials you know i'm just trying to develop these kids you know oh my god yeah. like absolutely you know yeah 100 percent. i'd be like okay sure yeah come coach for us be the yeah. stat of our team Right. That's that's crazy because I didn't know James White did wanted to even coach. You know, that's I feel like Xavier has really expressed it over social media or through different yes. articles. He's been very vocal about it. Yeah. And James White just comes in your comments like, Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> that's that's another way to approach it. But um uh, I could definitely see him as a coach too. I mean, he's hey, this is a guy that's coming off a championship just a couple, I guess now oh, I guess it's been less than five years in the big three and um, yeah, you know, knows what it takes to win. So would love to see flight as a coach as well. So I think we've covered everything just in regards to our guys from the big three um, updated you guys on what's, what's going on for them. We have a, a really dope interview on the back end of this episode with the founder and content creator for forgotten seasons. If you haven't checked them out on IG, really dope concept. Essentially they're just highlighting and shedding light on uh I, I would say mostly the 2000s era but just like memories accolades yeah a ton yeah. of big three guys memory highlights accolades from just not necessarily the main guys that we're used to seeing on other outlets uh, you know other throwback outlets but just different seasons i mean anywhere from your favorite duos to like this team specifically and what they were able to do with their big three i mean it, it's a lot of good stuff so we kind of jump into that, but we had a, a great conversation. So let's just get into our interview with Dylan from Forgotten Seasons. Today, we're excited to welcome in the founder of Forgotten Seasons. If you haven't checked them out on Instagram or their new podcast, highly recommend it. We had the founder, Dylan, on here. Appreciate you coming on, man. How How's everything going? How are the holidays? Things are good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Excited to get into it. 100%. I've, I've been a big fan of your page. Uh, I guess kind of like in the summer, I found out about your page. And I was like, man, just kind of going through the archive and vault. I guess let's start start here. How would you like when people are like, oh, what what do you do in terms of creating content? Like, how would you describe Forgotten Seasons to our listeners that are listening or watching um, and that are unfamiliar with you and your page? Yeah, so I guess like the one sentence description is that I shed light on the forgotten seasons, players and moments in NBA history. 
Um, you know, I, I try and find the angles that people aren't really looking at. So I'm covering the household names, but trying to find just, uh, you know, the stuff that doesn't get put, put out there all the time. And, you know, I, I like to think that I'm sort of in my own lane with this. Yeah, hundred percent. And how, how did the idea come about? Are you someone who's, you know, fan, fantasizes about like seeing the seasons beforehand maybe, or, or how did this idea come about? Um, I mean, like all of us, I'm a huge consumer of just all around NBA content. Um, you know, I, I kind of consume it everywhere. And I, I'm sort of a historian of the game myself. Uh, I've just, you know, loved the game, played it my whole life. So just seeing a lot of the content out there that did sort of, you know, the throwback hoops and like, you know, just throwback basketball content, I was just noticing they're covering the the same sort of players, the household names that everybody knows about. But I sort of wanted to create an outlet that was for real basketball fans and that shed shed light on, on those guys that we knew in our childhood growing up who were, were killers. But for whatever reason, just as time goes on, their names sort of fade out of the limelight. So I, I, I've had experience with graphic design, with, with journalism a little bit. So I, I just kind of threw some stuff together and uh, here I am. So, yeah, yeah what, what? just going to say you've kind of become like the, the Instagram vault, you know, of, of seasons, memories, accolades that, like you said, people forget about over time. So I, I agree with Anthony. It's absolutely a dope concept. And I agree 100 percent. Like you see these pages and when it's a throwback, I feel like the throwbacks are always like a Vince Carter dunk or like a Kobe yeah. game winner or things like that, which, you know, everybody loves that. And people respond to that incredibly every time for a reason. But for you, I guess, when you're going through these archives and you're going through the history of the NBA, is there certain criteria, are there certain boxes that you have to check off for, like, the difference between maybe, uh, you know, a streamlined, you know, historical moment or a forgotten season? I mean, it's a good question. When I'm sort of going through the process of figuring out what I'm going to post, I sort of ask myself – if somebody's scrolling through this, is it, one, is it going to get them to stop and read? Uh, because especially with Instagram, everyone's just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Like, you got to get their attention. Um, so there are those players that immediately stop people in their tracks, uh, the Vince Carters, the Tracy McGrady's. But, um, you know, I'm trying to, again, just, like, take that angle and say, okay, everybody knows Allen Iverson. Everybody knows Kobe Bryant. Like, you know you're not going to remember every single moment. So what is that moment that, that maybe gets people to stop? Um, so there's not really like boxes that I check, but I just sort of ask myself, like if, if I was on the other side, like would I stop and actually read this? Yeah. And, you know, seeing your account now, we were sort of talking about it before the show, you know, it is fairly recent. I would say, you know, this really hasn't been something you've been doing for years and years and years. When was the moment? Was there a specific post or just something that clicked when you really started to see this thing blow up? I mean, I'd say like a weekend, actually, Steven Jackson like took a screenshot of a post that I made about him and then reposted it. And I got like 800 followers off of that. So, so I got that base. Uh, but since then, like, you know, it's not as easy as like one post or two posts that sort of like catapult you up to thousands of followers. I think it's more so just like staying true to, my page's identity, staying consistent, like trying to post every day. Uh, and the results come like, as I'm sure you guys know, like the con it's not, it's not a one day thing. Sometimes you'll, you'll have a post that does better, but there really, there really is no telling like 
when you're making that, oh, this is going to be the post that's going to get thousands of impressions, whatever. Uh, I think just like having my identity of my page and, and staying true to it, some click and some don't. But yeah, that Steven Jackson post when when he reposted me, that's when I sort of like got the base and I guess the confidence to, to really keep going with it. That's awesome. And from one big three to player to another, it's kind of good that we got you on this time because I was able to kind of scroll through your account a little bit and find your first post, which I saw was Josh Smith of the Hawks at the time. He was also a member of Bivouac and the big three last year. So not from, not sure how familiar you are with the big three, but was Josh Smith like a favorite of yours or what made you start with him? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I love Josh Smith. Like growing up, he was really just like the premier high flyer in the league. And I, again, a player that sort of, um, had a exciting but short prime and then just sort of, you know, like a lot of players couldn't, couldn't sustain that. But, uh, you know, I, I think he, he definitely fits in the identity of my page. Uh, somebody that had just like a short prime, like super exciting. His highlights are, are, are a blast to watch. Um, but no, no like particular reason why, why he was the first one. Well, in terms of, oh, go ahead, Anthony. Well, I was just going to say, I feel like your page mostly consists of times throughout the 2000s. And, and I guess I'm assuming that's just the era you grew up in, or maybe it's even your favorite era. But I mean, throughout that, have you, is there a certain player or team that you feel like is very underappreciated and, and people on your page like engage, engage with you and they're like, oh yeah, man, I forgot about this. They were really underrated at the time or uh, maybe even overrated. Um, I mean, the 2000s, I think sort of just naturally came about like that was the era that I that I grew up in, like when I when I first really got into the game. Um, you know, in terms of like a, a certain player, just to like list off a few, I think Michael Red is definitely one. Uh, Kevin Martin, uh, Sam Cassell, Chauncey Billups, um, just like it was the era that was sort of pre social media. And, you know, things happened during that era that they weren't blasted to Twitter, they weren't blasted to Facebook. So you'll find some stuff that was just, you know, on SportsCenter and wasn't really like, you know, pushed out to the masses. So I think that's, that's just like what I most resonate with the era. My, my audience is probably like, most of them are like 20 to 40 years old. So that sort of like fits in right to the middle of that. In terms of today's era, if we fast forward to today, are there any guys that you see maybe who aren't getting the love that they deserve or maybe somebody that you watch play now or maybe a few years ago where you're like, I feel like one day they're going to be like really like right for my page? That's a great question. Um, I mean, the first guy that pops into mind is James Harden. I think another thing that I've just noticed with social media is that it's just filled with hate. Uh, I try and just like shed light on the the positive aspects of players. And with James Harden, like there's so much that you can nitpick. You know, he draws fouls, you know, he's does his off the court stuff, whatever he's doing. But uh, just like on a historical standpoint, like the guy, one of three to five best scorers ever, unguardable, like maybe the most unguardable perimeter player ever. Um, so that's definitely like a guy probably at the top that I think – 10, 20 years from now, we're going to be looking back, walking his watching his highlights and saying, like, probably should have appreciated James Harden more. Um, maybe another player that, like, damn, another player that's, like, down on the list. Uh, 
I really like Sabonis on the Pacers. Uh, okay. I really like Brad Beal. Um, there's a lot of players that are on sort of like bad teams that I, I, I hope they get traded to, con- to a contender. Um, so, yeah. And then what about, um, so then let's even expand that question then further. Like all time, is there some, some team or some guy that you think of maybe from the 80s or the 90s or maybe like even before where you're like if social media was around or like, you know, this guy just was maybe born 20, 30 years too much earlier, you know, why isn't anybody talking about this guy? Uh, uh, um, I think Chris Weber okay. was a yeah. guy that, that um, he was just so good, like really ahead of his time, like power forward, big man that could handle it, that could shoot it, that could pass it. I think that if he was a player now, like he would be a, a no question top 10 player, be the center of an offense. And, and like those Kings teams were, were really, really good. But for whatever reason, I think, you know, small market, uh, obviously, a lot of people just remember him from from his Michigan days that 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 called timeout that cost him the the championship. But Chris Weber was was really really good, and if he was playing now, he would definitely be a super duper star. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Chris Weber too because I feel like people either know him from Michigan or from now him on TNT, and then he was really catching a lot of hate during in the bubble. Like I know JJ Redick was like saying some stuff, but really like between that, he had a stellar NBA career. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I agree with your your take that he really was like a modern big before modern bigs. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I feel like, too, if he was somebody like now catching a lot of flack, you know, we just saw James Harden was catching a lot of slack, and all he did was had – all he had to do was go out and drop like 44 and 17, and everyone just forgets <laughs> what's happening. So, you know, it's too bad Chris Weber can't just jump back in and, and post his own big numbers there. I know this is probably a tough one just – off the top of your head here, but with you, you know, being more familiar with the 2000s, if you could put together uh, a top five from guys in the 2000s, what would that like center to point guard lineup look like? Center to point guard. So point guard, it depends. Are we talking like best or like my my personal favorite? You want the best? Yeah, let's go with best. Trying to win a game. Um, game. All right, we're trying to win a game. I'll go. Uh, Steve Nash. For you, point. by the way, for for being able to distinguish my favorites and my best, because I would have just said my favorites and been like, yeah. they are the best because they're my favorites. <laughs> I'll go. I'll I'll start with my best, and then if I can think about my favorites, I'll I'll go into that. I think if I'm like, it's a good question. Like, if you're constructing a team from the 2000s, like to win you a game or to win you a championship, mm-hmm. um, I go. I'll stick with the early 2000s. So like I'll, I'll go, or I, I don't know. I was thinking like, can I, is LeBron valid? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's okay. listed as a point guard in, in fantasy basketball. Why would he but not be But it has to be, it has to be pre Miami. It has to be pre Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's 2000s. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go Steve Nash at point guard. People give him a lot of flack because he went two MVPs, but that's not his fault. Um, <laughs> Kobe at shooting guard. I'll go LeBron. And then I feel like you just got to go KG Duncan or uh, no Shaq for you. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say uh, Shaq for sure at center and then power forward, man. Like I'm going to have to go with Tim Duncan. It's a big debate like KJ or KG or Tim Duncan, but you know, 
you could argue that KG is the more talented player, but how can you not go with Timmy? It's tough. It brings you the consistency. I love Timmy. I'm night. such a pro Tim Duncan guy, so I uh, love to hear that. Yeah. No, so now, what about so now? Stars, guys. Yeah. So now let's sort of now shift focus back to the account and everything that you have going on in the content creation. So you have a podcast uh, that's been out. You have two episodes and you've had some heavy hitters as guests. Episode one, you have Raja Bell. Episode two, you have Mike Bibby. So now this might just be advice maybe just for us, but how are you landing all these big names? Man, I mean, it's, it's not easy. Those two guys happen to follow me and in the Instagram world, when you send a DM to somebody who follows you, it goes to their messages. And when they don't follow you, it goes into their requests. So I've just been reaching out to everybody that that's followed me. And luckily I've, I've come across some generous guys, Raja, Mike, a few others that have, that have taken the time, but um, you know, it's, it's not easy. I think these guys are so busy and they get asked all the time to, to join stuff. But I, I would just say blast as many emails or texts as you can try and take different angles uh you know try and find their agents or, or something but the more shit you throw at the wall the more it's going to stick that's very true what have you learned most about or maybe you learn more about and um, when interviewing those guys whether it be Raja bell or or mike baby there um you know i, I think these guys like to talk about their their heydays you know who who wouldn't um they, you know, they were a part of some, some amazing and historical times. And I, I, I find that these interviews just turn into like overall conversations and they're reminiscing on things that happened 15, 20 years ago. So they'll remember stuff as they're talking, they'll bring up little details. And I think that's what it's all about. Like I'm trying to put them back into that season, into the situations that we're talking about. So I think it's just that, you know, these guys, uh, They've been out of the spotlight for a little bit, but once you bring them back, the the stories keep flowing and it's it's really great to, to pull what you can out of them. Yeah, and the angle you're taking is super interesting. That's what I really like about the podcast. It's not just a generalized, you know, questionnaire to these guys, you know, what are you doing now? How is this when this was happening? I mean, you're focusing in on one season specifically. And, and that's what I really love about the podcast because it's almost like, if they were chopping it up with maybe their teammates or guys from that, that time, you know, it's just kind of a conversation that you can really go into a deeper hole and, and continue to, to find different things that's archived in them um, rather than just like a generalized, like I said, questionnaire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a hundred percent the goal trying to distinguish it and uh, just get as like specific as I can. You talk of goals. What are like sort of the long-term goals with this? Is this something that you're continuing to do? Is it, uh, for this platform, this account that you are building yourself and that you've already built yourself, what, what are the long-term goals with this? Um, you know, I think just continuing to do what I do, like staying in my lane and being consistent and not trying to like chase anything. Um, I think that if you do that and you put in the work, the, the results will come. But uh, I think bigger picture stuff like, um, I'd love to be able to support myself financially through it. Sure. Something that I'm not able to do right now. I have to find that, that in other places, um, that would be great. And, you know, I think just continuing to develop it and have it be a brand, um, you know, 
I could see, I'd love to do like longer form video stuff, like maybe documentary style stuff, um, maybe like longer form written stuff, articles, books. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it, keep trying new stuff and we'll see where it takes me. Yeah. So as we wrap this up, we're obviously a big three podcast. So we got to tie in some, some big three questions here, but you've covered, a, I mean, a lot of guys throughout your page, what I think got me really intrigued at the beginning is like, oh, I follow a lot of these guys in the big three now, but now I can kind of- Yeah, there's a ton of overlap. Career. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So because you've, you know, kind of reflected or shed light on some of these careers, who's some of the guys that, that you enjoy maybe watching now, or if you've checked out the big three that you enjoy, or maybe in the future would enjoy watching in the big three, um, you know, from some of their heydays? Um, yeah, I like watching, uh, Corey McGetty's guy that, that I, I've watched highlights. Just like, I, I love the mid range guys and especially like the, the, the guards, the forwards that can just like get it on the wing, get it on the block and get you a bucket. So he's definitely someone that I, I enjoy going back and watching, uh, some guys that I would like, like to see in the big three. Um, I think like Dirk would be really fun. He like his last few seasons, like he barely moved out there. So <laughs> it's half uh, court. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. Uh, he would definitely be be really cool. Um, you know, some of the guards like uh, Steve Nash would obviously be be really cool. Uh, Baron Davis would be sick. Uh, Iverson like was gonna and then just dipped right. He played yeah, a it was complicated. Games. Yeah, he played a couple <laughs> yeah. games. It got complicated, and then he did. When is the uh, like? What's the deal with the the, the season? Does, is there any like? Do they know when the, the start of the seasons? Yeah, so I think um, they're aiming for next summer. Um, we're sort of still waiting on updates. They've been teasing that like there's this big announcement that they're going to drop. So hopefully, you know, every week that goes by, we hope that there's going to be this big announcement. But it's supposed to be next summer, whether or not they're going to move it around a little bit or maybe shorten the schedule because they really don't want to coincide with the NBA, which is now sort of like this, this upcoming summer. Yeah. This upcoming yeah, summer. Yeah. 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 They just don't want to run into, you know, maybe the back end of the NBA or the, the beginning of the NFL. So trying to figure that out. And, you know, they were, they had a partnership with a big brother company trying to kind of make a reality TV styled show. I think, kind of at the beginning of when everybody was being quarantined. And I think that shifted yeah. more focus into 2021. So it could be a really big year for the big three, but all in all, I think we're just looking forward to the season more than anything. And yeah, for sure. In terms of Baron Davis, I mean, uh, they didn't really end too smoothly relationship wise, but he did ball out in, his, in that, that second season there in the big three. Oh, he was in the, oh yeah, he was, he was in the big three. Briefly, yeah. it's complicated. <laughs> many guys it's, it's complicated three's company point guards it's complicated <laughs> something about it but anyways we appreciate your time man we uh, really appreciate the insight into the page and and looking forward to seeing you know what you're going to continue to do and, and shed light on when it comes to the forgotten seasons yeah guys thanks for having me i, I i'll uh, i'll be in the lookout for you guys i think it's it's really dope that you guys got your own lane not many people doing what you guys are doing. So it's uh, it's really great what you guys got going on. And thanks for having me. No, thank you, Dylan. And Absolutely. I appreciate it. And before you go, you know, if there's anybody who has now listened to this interview and is now chomping at the bit to follow you, where can they follow you? What's the best place to do that? 
You can go to my Instagram page uh, at Forgotten Seasons NBA. I got a link in my bio that goes to the different podcasts, YouTube. Um, so find me on Instagram. There awesome. you go. Appreciate you again. Yep. Thank you guys. All right, guys, that was our interview with Dylan from Forgotten Seasons, a super cool account. Um, I really, I think when he referred to himself as an NBA historian, I think he really hit the nail on the head. And it's just, is really cool for someone that, you know, loves basketball and, you know, just not only the stuff going on now, but really the history and the story of the sport and the NBA behind it. It's just a really cool account for me, especially with a ton of guys from the big three that he highlights, just to go back and look at every once in a while and just sort of be like, Oh my God. Like I remember that team or, you know, and a lot of it is stuff that I'm learning from the first time. So yeah. I'm really happy they were able to chop it up with him. Um, so thank you guys. We appreciate everybody who tuned in to listen, the guys on dash, you guys, you're listening to it first live. So feel special about that. Um, everybody else. Thank you for listening. Whether you're listening to this audio on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, or if you're on YouTube, please make sure to like comment and subscribe so that we can keep, bringing you this content if you enjoy it please leave a comment let us know what you're thinking about all this we appreciate it and we will see you guys next episode thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.